Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager... Are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. Isn't a little early for the Reaper? <laughs> well, we're talking about the Broncos, and some people are that dour. <laughs> it is uh, maybe not time for the Reaper, Reaper, but it is time for Broncos Blast, brought to you by Framed Art. Uh, personal sports, uh, personal and sports memorabilia to museum follow the equine art at great pricing. Uh, you got to go down there to see Brian Hart at Framed Art, 3065 South Broadway. Recently, not I mean, not just the Broncos putting their stuff in there. He is big in the uh, racing community. They uh, recently sponsor of the 8th Annual Pedal, Pedal the Plains, uh, Colorado's best three-day cycling tour, going to Brian Hart, 165 miles around Lamar, Holly, and Springfield. They do it on. You'll see all the big-name bike racers. A lot of their stuff gets framed at Framed Art and also brought to you by Stoney's. Bar and Grill, uh, 1035 17th Street uh, Uptown and 11th and Lincoln in the heart of downtown, just a little bit west of Park Avenue. Com- combined 88 big screen TVs will show every game. 
Stories Uptown now the home for Nebraska Corners Car Watch Parties. You can catch them tonight. Pre-game, post-game, every game is on at Stoney's Bar and Grill and Stoney's Uptown. Check them out. So uh, I'm not saying that you know this from personal experience, Ian St. Clair. <laughs> Follow him at Ian St. Clair at Mile High Report. But we're sitting drinking beer at the Rockies game behind home plate in my seats when you said, yep, we're talking about the problems the Broncos have. You said Broncos in the red zone, yep, they're like a drunk leaving the bar. Oh, Ian uh, has left the bar. <laughs> I don't know. Ian, uh, you there? Do we have? I think we found. I, I think <laughs> we found that the the issue in the red zone is that they needed more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good one. Uh, but, but yes, I when I was talking with Michael, I think the biggest issue with this team is the red zone struggles, and they are like a, a drunk leaving the bar. I mean, I think when you're <laughs> when you're inside the bar, everything is fine. But as soon as you need to get to where you need to go. And in this case, the Broncos getting to the end zone, that's when it, That's when you realize you're in trouble. That's when you realize, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to get to where I need to go. So at, until they figure out how to get into the end zone, I think this team is going to struggle. And hopefully they can start to put it together on Sunday against the Packers at Lambeau Field. I, I, I think this all goes back to the, the issue Michael and I have been talking about for a year now, the offensive line. If you have a strong offensive line and the other team is, is – aware of that and they know that you can run the ball down their throat, you're going to have much more success not just between the 20s but in the red zone. I mean, it's just common sense. I think if they had a better offensive line, they could do more things down there and open up some um, some stuff, some pass, short passes or whatever. Uh, but it's a, to me, it's a personnel problem, not a scheming problem as far as their problems in the red zone. I think, it, I think it is about the offensive line, but I, I do think it is about Rick Scangarella trying to get his feet. And I mentioned this on the last couple of uh, segments, I think Scangarello is just trying to get his feet, and I think he gets too cute when he gets inside the 20s. I think he, he just doesn't ride what the offense is doing well, and whether that's running the ball or using those short passes, I think Flacco has struggled inside the 20s as well. He had a, a costly interception that took three points off the board last week against the Bears. So I, I think it's... I think it's a combination of all of it. I think it's one of those things where it turns into a comedy of errors for the Broncos when they get inside the 20s. And I, hopefully they're able to start putting this together and they're starting to getting comfortable with each other. I, I think the offensive line is going to remain an issue as long as Garrett Bowles is the left tackle because he's the weak link. Until Elway decides that the offensive line is going to be something that he realizes needs to be fixed and he's going to go all in on fixing this is going to be an issue, and that starts at left tackle. But I think they started it with Dalton Reisner. Connor McGovern has been okay in terms of the center. I think he's he's had flashes, um, but I, I think it's just I think it's all of it. I think there isn't just one issue when you struggle as badly as the Broncos have inside the red zone. Well, speaking of running the ball better, um, you know we're sitting there in my seats behind home plate. Uh, and, of course, I don't come up with at a Rockies game, and I'm, I don't come up with a plan to save the Rockies because I don't think anyone has. Nolan Arenal says he has ideas, but he's not telling what they are. But uh, <laughs> I came up with a plan to save the Broncos. I can't understand. When you've got two running backs like this, why are you debating who's the, who's the better back for the system, who's the lead running back? Why don't you go to a Kyle Shanahan system that took Atlanta to the Super Bowl with two backs who are complementary, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. you got your own big back in Freeman here. 
you know, you got Royce Freeman, you got Tony Lindsay, you got, uh, not Tony Lindsay, a uh, younger version of Philip Lindsay. You're dating yourself. And uh, I am. And uh, when no one will date you, that's how you how you are. But, uh, you know, why, why aren't they running two running backs instead of a third receiver when they don't have a good third receiver? Couldn't this be the answer? It gives you multiple options, lots of deception. They're both good pass receivers. Got to think this would be devastating on the whole field, but especially in the red zone. I totally agree with you. I, I think, and, and the one thing that Rick Scangarello has going for him is he's worked in that offense. He's worked with Kyle Shanahan, so he knows how to utilize it. And I think one thing that took away from some of that, and this goes back to our discussion at the Rockies game against the Mets, is that I, I think the injury to Theo Riddick actually it really hurt what Scangarello wanted to do with this offense because I think one thing that they were going to do, at least I would hope that they would do, is put Riddick and, and Lindsay in the backfield at the exact same time, and then you can put Riddick in motion and have him be your slot receiver, so he becomes your mm-hmm. uh, de facto third receiver. So I am in total agreement with you. Use use Freeman and Lindsay like Shanahan used uh, Coleman and Freeman in Atlanta. It doesn't need to be the exact same way, but find a hybrid, use those guys to their strengths. And I am actually in the, in the camp of Royce Freeman is actually the number one running back. He's your bell cow back because he's that good for this system. And he's flashed that much, but I don't think you need to have that going into each game. You just write who's ever the hot hand, whether it's Lindsay or Freeman. But if you have both of them on the field at the same time, that gives you more weapons for Flacco to use, especially in the red zone where they struggle. And I think that's where it would be most effective. So hopefully we see some of that on Sunday against the Packers. Well, I, was, yeah, I have one good year, you know, uh, idea year. Yeah. That, that, well, that must have been it. The year's almost over. That's we got right. over three months, so I can take the rest of the time off. You know, and if you're worried about getting the ball out quick because yep. you don't have an offensive line that protects you, I mean, you've got running backs who are at your disposal who are perfect to throw to in those situations. Let's take a look at... Uh, well, I have one more question about last week's game, and I haven't brought this up on radio, just on Twitter, but the last play of the game, or second to last play, the fourth and 15. Uh, and to me, this, this is indicative. As a former professional athlete, I was taught to think ahead, to, to understand the situation and to know what to do if, for, in baseball. If the ball's hit to you, what are you going to do with it, right? You, you kind of play that out in your head ahead of time. Uh, in football... You, you know, as a receiver, you know you got to get it out of bounds to stop the clock. You know these things going into the play. So you're fourth and 15. They've got very little time on the clock. Pass goes to the middle. Uh, receiver catches it. Chris Harris immediately grabs it or pushes him down, leaving a second on the clock. If Chris Harris doesn't touch him, the clock runs out because he's not down until he's touched. If he, Chris Harris just lets, it, lets him stumble forward a couple more steps... Saying, okay, let's let the clock, the clock runs out. I think that's a mental mistake that's indicative of, of what this team is, is, how they're playing right now. They're just not playing with forethought. Has, has that ever brought up, has anybody else brought that up to you, Ian? I, I think our Jeff Esri had a great breakdown of everything that went wrong on that play. And I think it's, I think they were in the right defense. I just think that they were, and Derek Wolf talked about this in an interview that he did, where it's just it was a miscommunication from the guys on the defensive lines part. I think there were Isaac Yadam and Will Parks didn't know exactly what they needed to do on the play. I think Yadam thought Parks was going to be there. Parks thought Yadam was going to be there. 
it, it was just it was a breakdown on all levels. And I think this goes back to the to the players getting used to the system and not knowing exactly where they need to be and either assuming or not thinking. And you're absolutely right, Mark. He's a professional athlete. And I think in that situation, you should know better. And to be in that situation, in the most important part of the game, and it just it fails on all levels, it... It just, it, as I said, it, it's going to be a play that lives in infamy for probably as long as the Broncos are playing football because they had the game won. The offense did what it needed to do. You convert a two point conversion in that situation, the defense has to step up and do what it needs to do to win the game. And yeah, it didn't different, do that. Uh, totally different situation we're looking at here. Uh, Fangio's the new hero, the new savior with gutsy calls. Everything's different. Ryan O'Halloran did write that he thought that uh, the player rolled into Harris and touched Harris, and that that would have stopped the clock regardless of what Harris did. Maybe he needed to clear uh, out, but yeah, you, you generally you know. don't do that because you're worried that the guy will get up and run in the NFL. We, in our last minute here, let's look at the Green Bay game. How is this one breaking out? What do you think uh, the final score is? Do the Broncos have a chance playing against a team that I picked to win the NFC North? I, I think they have a chance. I think what this I think what this Bears game is going to do is completely light a fire under this team. And whether or not that turns into anything on the field, I think you're going to see what they've done over the course of the week of practice because Fangio said the death by inches hasn't been coming in the games. It's been coming in the week of practice where they haven't been practicing as well as they should have. So I think you're going to see this team – more focused. I think they're going to play a more complete game. Whether or not that's enough, I don't know, but I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I still think the Packers are going to win because the Broncos have never won in Wisconsin, let alone at Lambeau Field. And Aaron Rodgers is the best all time in terms of quarterback rating and all that other stuff in terms of playing at home. So he's tough to play at home. The Packers are tough to play at Lambeau Field, but I think the Broncos are going to surprise some people and make it closer than a lot of the experts think. But I'm still going to pick the Packers 18-15. Oh, low-scoring game. And uh, that's that's my pick for this game. Uh, I expect Packers to win, but I expect a low-scoring game. Hmm. Ian, we will read your coverage on Twitter, at Ian St. Clair, in Mile High Report. Follow them at, at Mile High Report. And the rest of the gang down there that do such a good job and will listen to your podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, guys. All right, my buddy from baseball games. <laughs> Ram Roundup is next. Kelly Lyle of the Colorado will discuss the state of the Rams after losing quarterback Colin Hill for the season for a third year that this has happened in the loss at Arkansas. We'll look at the Toledo game matchup, breakdown, and prediction next.